welcome back to the emergency goalies. And well, I guess I'll start off this uh, podcast. It's a new season. And I will say, as of right now, the Blackhawks do not have a losing record. And that might be the last time I can say that this season. Because, well, the full rebuild is on. And I guess I'll just ask you, Michael, it's not going to be a very successful year this year. Absolutely not. Uh, There's no two ways about it. This is a team designed to lose and lose big. And that's the goal. The Blackhawks want to finish with uh, one of the <clears throat> one of the worst records, preferably the worst record, um, to assure themselves of a top three pick and their best odds at uh, landing Connor Bedard in the lottery. And it's gonna <laughs> it's going to take uh, a lot of patience and uh, maybe some mental health breaks to kind of get through the season. <laughs> Um, because there's not going to be a lot of goals scored and there's going to be a lot of goals against. And I mean, you'd, you'd like to feel better and like, well, we'll see a lot of young players, but sounds like we're not going to see a lot of young players and they might uh, spend their time in juniors and in the AHL this year. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Blackhawks brought in a bunch of borderline veterans and bounce back candidates and they're goal for this year is to let their young players that they already have uh, develop uh, in either juniors or the AHL. Uh, Because of some injuries early in the season, we are going to get to see a couple of the young defensemen in the opening day lineup. Uh, Regula and uh, Alex Lassick both made the opening night roster uh, because of the injuries to McCabe and Seth, or uh, Caleb Jones, excuse me. Uh, and then with Ian Mitchell also injured, uh, there were openings on the back end. So at least we get to see a couple of those guys. And my guess is uh, they did want to work a couple of the young defensemen uh, in at the NHL level on occasion. I, I'm expecting Mitchell to get more play on the right side than Regula. Uh, during the season, just because he's a little bit older. And on the left side, I think Vlasic will probably be the the main call up over uh, Phillips and a couple of the other guys down there. But I think they want to give all of them, you know, maybe five games here, five games there, and just kind of work some of those guys in. But as far as the forwards go, um, you know, maybe if they lose one of their top six guys, you might see Reichel get a few games here or there. But I really think they want to let him uh, spend the time in the AHL, get top line minutes, play in all situations, and eventually play in the AHL playoffs. So, um, you know, I, I, I assume the plan is try and convince Taves and Kane and um, hopefully guys like Anthony CU and Domi play well enough to generate some trade interest at the deadline, ship all those guys out uh, as many of them as possible, uh, recoup some draft picks and some prospects 
then after the trade deadline, bring up Reichel and maybe a couple of the AHL veterans uh, to fill in those top six roles, give them a little bit of time in the NHL. Uh, but then my guess is they will all be sent back down to the AHL with a couple of weeks left in the season. I'm trying to remember when the exact date for when the playoff rosters for the AHL um, need to be set, but I know it's before the end of the NHL season. So I guess as all those guys will go back down so that they'll be eligible to play in the, in the AHL playoffs. Cause the Blackhawks are obviously going to be nowhere near <laughs> uh, qualifying for the NHL playoffs and uh, hope, hope those guys uh, get a nice long run in the AHL playoffs. Uh, um, they signed a bunch of AHL veterans, good, good AHL players to kind of fortify uh, the group down there. And the hope is that they can make some noise. Um, but as far as the NHL level, yeah, it's, it's give everybody a cup of coffee, but I don't think we're going to see any prospect up for extended periods of time unless injuries just cripple the team and they have, you know, no other choice, but to, to bring up some guys to fill holes, but yeah, yeah. Um, that's going to be kind of be the plan. And I, I, I can't blame them for, for trying it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not big on tear down rebuilds, but if you're going to do it, you got to commit to it. And I'm, I'm glad they're not playing it safe. If this is the route they're going to go, if you're going to do it, just blow it up and try and lose and weaponize your cap space where you can. And we'll see how it goes. That's right. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, after last season with the, you know, they attempted to go for it, but it was kind of a halfway. Yeah. It blew up like immediately. It's just, it's probably better to just do it this way, even though it is rough. Yeah, they did a, a half committed rebuild two years ago and then a half committed go for it last year. Both of them backfired because they didn't stick with either of them. And it just left the team in no man's land. And it just made sense that if you're going to do a full rebuild like this, now is the time to do it because they didn't really have any prospects and you got to start from somewhere. And plus we've got a, what's considered to be a pretty good draft coming up here. So, um, you know, if you're going to try and, land that top pick this is a good year to do it yep and I mean I guess we'll go into a little bit of this team this year I mean like you said the if you look at this uh top 12 forwards a lot of fourth liners I mean you've got Kane yes. you've got Anthony Siu and Domi who I mean they could they have some skill but they're very inconsistent and Taves I mean it's Taves more of like a third line center now. It's just, and after that, a lot of grinders. Exactly. Yes. Scoring is going to be a major issue with this team. A huge burden is going to be put on Kane. And, you know, I mean, he's a guy that, uh, you know, you, you don't want to bet against. Uh, he's been able to, you know, even when he was not, wasn't a hundred percent healthy last year, he was still one of the top offensive forwards in the game. And 
I'm assuming he will remain at that level this year, but you do always have to kind of in the back of your mind, remember he is getting into his mid thirties and at some point he is going to drop off. Um, Even yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't foresee that happening this year. I, he's a guy that even if he does end up losing another step, um, he's already lost the step, but he still remains one of the best playmakers and passers in the yeah. game. And I don't see any reason why that um, would fall off. Um, he's just got such great vision and patience and anticipation that uh, he's going to generate some offense for uh, the Blackhawks. Um, I think where the separator between the player he is now and the player that he used to be, he no longer drives possession the way that he used to. Um, he's got to make a little quicker plays, quicker decisions. He doesn't uh, uh, create as much space out on the ice as he used to. And so defenders are able to close on him a little quicker, but he's still able to exploit uh, the creases and that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, he's just a different kind of player, but yeah, I mean, he's going to be really the one and only driving force of the offense. But I was going to say, um, not having the brinket is really going to hurt Kane. Cause that, I mean, Kane yes. having another guy that he could work with that was skilled that yep. really helped him. And now he's going to be basically on his own. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I do think it's possible Anthony Cio helps a little bit in that he is a guy that can drive some possession with his speed. Yeah. Um, do you have, do you that, have Kim and Domi, they have like the ability to be, but they just can you get consistency. Right. I, and it seems like for now that that's going to be the top line, at least to start the year. Uh, the issue with that trio of players is that there's not a good defensive player among them. Um, that team is going to or that line is going to get caved uh, yeah. defensively. And, you know, it's just going to sort of be, there's going to be some games where they're going to be able to outscore, <laughs> you know, they're going to be able to outrun and gun the opponents, but uh, more often than not, I'm assuming they'll score one, give up two sort of thing. <laughs> Um, and then it's um we get to the real like the the thing that you know there's always something when you're rebuilding like this that a team makes sure to put some very fatal flaw that will guarantee they won't be successful and I would say that's probably the goaltending for this team because yeah it is not good yeah there there's a chance Mrazic uh, can rebound and play decently. Um, he has traditionally been a solid NHL goaltender throughout his career. Uh, things deteriorated for him last year as Toronto brought him in to kind of be their 1A and injuries and inconsistent play just ruined that and they were forced to uh, dump his salary on the Blackhawks. Um even if Morassic does play well, I, I want to say like his career high in games is only like 48 or 49 or something like that. So even if he does end up playing better than the Blackhawks expect, it's not like he's going to be in there on an every game basis. And the guy that they do have backing him up 
is a complete question mark. Um, Alex Daylock at one point was a solid NHL goaltender, but it's been years. He uh, struggled through COVID and uh, extenuating uh, health conditions beyond that over the last couple of years. Barely played at all last year. I think it was one NHL game and four AHL games, and his numbers in those games were atrocious. His numbers this preseason were atrocious. So that seems to be the, uh, um, as you said, the uh, the designed fatal flaw in that, uh, you know, even if everything uh, for comes together for Morazic, I, you know, I can't imagine Morazic plays more than 55 games total, which, you know, is going to leave, you know, 25, 30 games for Staylock. And that's going to really drag down the Blackhawks record, but there's a very real possibility that Staylock ends up playing 40, 50 games. If Morazic mm-hmm. continues to struggle with injuries as well. So and do they, and- do they have anything in AHL? They do. Um, they do have a goalie that they like. Uh, Soda Bloom okay. um, is a guy that they apparently envision as having kind of, if not full-time starter, um, at least part-time starter ceiling. Yeah. Uh, but I think like Reichel, like uh, some of the young defensemen, they do not want him in the NHL this year. Yeah. Um, I, I think they will give him a cup of coffee here and there. Um, but they you know, if there's a short-term playoff. injury. Yeah, they want him as a playoff goalie. In the exactly. League. And I think if you see Morazic or Stalock get injured for an extended period of time, they will actually bring up uh, the other uh, goaltender. Um, I think his name is Jackson Stauber, who I think they brought him in late last year. I've never seen him play. I missed all of the AHL games that or the preseason games that he was involved in this year. So, I'm not real familiar with him. I think he was a undrafted free agent out of college that they picked up last year or this off season. Yeah. But he does have a, an NHL contract. So um, my guess is they will uh, turn to him to sit on the bench and uh, go with Morazic or Staylock mm-hmm. um, in the event of injury, but we'll see. Um, you know, uh, the, the coyotes are, also, um, yeah, they're making a big run. They're making a, a, a big run at uh, being bad as well. They also have the um, stadium issue hanging over them where they're going to be playing in like a 5,000 seat stadium this year. And my they're guess is the game. atmosphere is just going to be atrocious. And that's a team that could really just fall apart and tank hard this year. Um, Montreal is making a big red although i don't know if they will be quite as bad yeah i think i think they ran into a little bit of bad luck last year to to finish as poorly as they did i think they're slightly better than that i I don't know that they're a playoff team or anything like that but uh, to me they're they're kind of in that five to ten bottom five to ten range that the blackhawks have kind of been stuck in um over the previous three or four years where I think they've got just enough talent where they can't really crater unless they run into a bunch of injuries or bad luck. So, yeah, I think, I think the coyotes are going to be the main competition. Um, And at least at this point, I would bet on the coyotes being worse than the Blackhawks. 
And it always just, for me, it goes back to Patrick Kane. Um, there's just, it, there's still going to be games where he is the difference between a loser point and getting nothing or winning in overtime. Yeah. And <clears throat> the Coyotes don't really have a guy like that, that, that makes a difference like that. And so that, that could be the separator because um, they've also um, uh, sabotaged themselves with their goaltending. They've got atrocious goaltending. So, and uh, their preseason record was basically the same as the Blackhawks, where they got outscored by like 20 goals or whatever as well. So, I don't think that's um, stock in the preseason, but yeah, yeah Blackhawks basically uh, got lit up almost every game. And, um, but they score like three goals or something. Three goals or something like that in six games. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. So um, I don't think they're going to be that bad where they get beat four to one, four to nothing, three to nothing every game. Yeah. Um, I do think they will score a little bit of goals, but um, yeah, I think there's definitely going to be you know a lot of five to two losses and three to one losses, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, but. It's just those, you know, you get those midweek games where you got a tired team playing the back end of a double of a, of a back of a back to back and they come into Chicago and they know they're playing a bad team and they don't give a, a, a big effort against Chicago, especially this year where uh, my guess is there's going to be a lot of games where the stadium isn't full. Um, I think over the last few years, you still got a lot of, opposing teams that could gain energy from playing in the Blackhawks stadium. And, uh, you know, uh, this year, I think it's just going to kind of be a dead arena with very little energy in it. 2004, 2003 energy. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think you're going to get a lot of, 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 we're going to see a lot more opponents who aren't bringing a lot of energy when they play the Blackhawks and that's when it concerns me for Patrick Kane being able to uh, counterattack teams like those where they're not hounding him. They're not um, putting in the effort to keep the puck away from, from Patrick Kane. And, you know, if there's games where uh, Patrick Kane's line can get 50% possession, uh, he's going to win a lot of those uh, battles. And so if you just, if you, if you combine that with uh, a fluky goaltending or decent goaltending in a game, yes. uh, you can, you can uh, steal some points out of that. And that's, you know, it's not what the Blackhawks are shooting for this year. Right, right. We're going to get, uh, there's going to be a big drop off, presumably when they are winners trades at the deadline. And if, they do trade Kane, and you might see the bottom really fall out. Exactly, exactly. But it all goes back to whether or not he wants to move on, or if he wants to mm-hmm. s- stick with it. And, and this you know, it, it, at the very least, the Blackhawks have um, already amassed. You know, they they just drafted three guys in the first round uh, this past year, and over the next two years, they have two first round draft picks, two second round draft picks and two third round draft picks already lined up for each of the next two years. Um, they're going to grab more stuff at the deadline this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if Kane and or Taves decides not to waive or doesn't generate interest um, at the deadline, uh, if that's the case, 
then they don't have to use retain salary and eat up their available cap space. They can turn around and uh, absorb bad contracts from other teams at the deadline um, and, gen- and get assets that way. So they have flexibility in that. So I'm hoping they can at least get a first and maybe a second and maybe another third round pick out of this, this deadline, um, you know, in total. And, you know, whether it's from trading Kane or not trading Kane, either way, I, I, they have the ability to kind of generate that. So we'll see. Yep. Um, and if Kane can bring Anthony CEO and uh, Domi's uh, production levels up and enough where those guys can generate some interest as well, that's gravy. Um, you know, at the, at the very least, I could see a team, uh, you know, maybe throwing a late round pick at, the Blackhawks for Anthony CEO, even if he doesn't end up scoring much, just because his speed um, yeah. can impact the game a little bit. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, yeah. And just, I mean, it's not going to be an easy here as a fan, you it know, is not. but I'm thinking that as we do this podcast, we might do some like, you know, history stuff or look back on stuff, try to get like a little bit of happy memories in here. Yeah, be some weeks where it's like there's not going to be much to good to talk about. Yeah, and you know maybe we can do some check in on the prospects in the AHL and juniors and that sort of thing too, and concentrate on that on a couple of episodes over the year. But yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, it's yeah, <laughs> I, I hate to use the term. It's going to be interesting because it's probably not going to be the most interesting season. Yes. Uh, but we'll we'll try to we'll yeah. try to make it as interesting as possible. That's what we used to say. They might not be good, but they're not boring. And they could be boring this year. They could be boring this year and they could be bad, bad, not just entertaining bad. Uh, this year they could be unwatchable bad at yeah. times. Um and yeah. especially after the trade deadline, they could just yeah. be just god awful. And it's um the year's gonna get off to a Fun start against the uh, defending champion Avalanche. That on national TV, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> probably not going to go good. Um, you know, every once in a while, because like I don't know, are they raising the banner and all that kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah, Sometimes those teams are distracted. Um, but yeah, if the Avalanche show up with any kind of focus or whatever in that game, uh, they'll they'll run the Blackhawks out of the building. Yeah. But yeah, um, that uh, I'm not expecting much from that, and you know, and they and then you know they're starting off on the road, basically on a West Coast swing with Colorado, Vegas, San Jose. That's that's yeah. not an easy. No, uh, even though those the, those latter two teams aren't exactly uh, the cream of the crop in the in the West anymore. But um, you know, a young team with a lot of I shouldn't even say the Blackhawks really aren't even a young team. No, there, you say, <laughs> um, but a lot of new faces, and they're already coping with some injuries. And yeah, it could it this first swing through the season could get ugly. And but you know that's okay. That's kind of what they're aiming ready. for. And I, it, it would be hard for them to even be as bad as they were at the beginning of last year when yeah. they were like what one and 11 or something like they that. They were pretty bad. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, no, it's like saying um, you can't really read anything into um, Luke Richardson based on what he does with this roster because it just it's not meant to do anything. Uh, I'm I'm just hoping f- for better structure mm-hmm. out of the the defensemen. Yes. Um, no more man to man. Yeah, no more man to man. We're going back to zone. Um, and I just want to see what kind of comfort and improvements we can make because that is one area where the Blackhawks need to salvage. Um, you know, Seth Jones is going to be here with his long contract and the no movement clause. I don't foresee him being movable anytime soon. I would be shocked, but. To me, Richardson has the task of let's get Connor Murphy and Jake McCabe and Caleb Jones. Uh, those guys have NHL talent. Mm-hmm. Um, they even have, you know, second pairing talent to some extent. Mm-hmm. And if he can solidify even one or two of those guys into that sort of role where they can generate trade interest for those guys that would be a huge boost. And so to me, that's where I'm going to be most focused on um, grading Richardson, so to speak, because he does at least have a little bit of talent to kind of mold on defense. And I want to see where that goes. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's a good point to leave it on. And we're going to be here all year. That might not be fun, but we're going to be here. We'll try to make, We'll try to have fun. Yeah. It's still hockey. That's right. That's right. And, you know, I might try to get out to uh, one of the Seattle games this year um, to watch Kevin Korchinski play a little bit in person. Um, It's a little inconvenient because I'm a 10-minute walk from the Kraken Stadium, but I'm like a 30-minute drive from (laughs) the, the junior team here. Yeah. And that's if the if the uh, traffic is nice, um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm at least hoping to see Korchinski play once or twice. Uh, I was very impressed with him during the, during the preseason. I I see what the Blackhawks saw in him, yeah, and why they were so excited at at uh, having the opportunity to draft him because he's got a lot of skill and a lot of speed and skating ability, and he could be the type of puck carrying defenseman that this team has sorely sorely lacked for the last five years yes all right so as of course i am sth85 on twitter michael mj underscore ernst and you can uh subscribe to the podcast on the apple podcast app and even leave a review but yeah we're going to be here all year and well it's not going to probably do much but i will say it anyway go hawks